Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. All righty, all righty. Good morning, everybody. Um, so this is the uh, first Guidance Counselor 2.0 back from a two-week break. Um, uh, two weeks ago, I was at Render ATL. I saw I met Reggie for the very yeah. first time um down in atlanta so that was amazing um and then uh last week honestly life just happened last week um it was a uh, very busy very hectic um and so couldn't really um honestly find the will to kind of come on live so i just was like you know what i'm gonna house it for the week um and not really put pressure on myself but we're back with a full week of guests and today it's my friend reggie <laughs> um for for those of you who are like you know that sounds weird basically um uh, james quick james q quick introduced us and quick. james james q quick always says uh, this is my friend reggie and so literally reggie is in my phone as my friend reggie <laughs> um, so really excited i got people tuned in so so real quick it, when you're tuned in say hey drop a line um we'd love to hear from you um you know again this is a networking platform right i tell people like say hey show up be consistent um there are people who have found jobs mentor mentees on this show new friends. Um, and, and, and a reminder, if you connect with people on the show, please send them a note in the DMS. Um, I can't tell you the amount of people are like, I get so many messages from this show, but I don't know where they're coming from or how they met me. So please, if you connect with people on the show, please send them a DM, um, uh, and just tell them, Hey, saw you on guidance counselor 2.0 next ask questions. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. This conversation may be a little heavy, um, but it's good. Um, Reggie and I like heavy conversations. We talk yes. about that offline. We like being, um, authentic and vulnerable, uh, vulnerable. And so that's what this uh, podcast is going to be about. So if you have questions, please ask, um, um, and we will get to them for sure. Uh, so real quick, want to give shouts to people who are tuning in and we'll jump right in. Dev, it's great to see you, my man, Alex, Mark, Shashi. Uh, it's great to see you, Lambert, Sophia, Brett, Alex, Paul, um, uh, Reggie, what's up? Bellows here, Michelle, Bill. It's great to see y'all as well. Um, awesome. All right, Reggie. Well, th that's enough of me running my mouth. Let's just, uh, let's just, oh, well, no, I, I do need to give a shout out. I do need to give a shout out to my coffee sponsor, that conference. So I am speaking at that conference uh, next month as a keynote. Um, and actually Reggie, my keynote is you're not alone. Yes. Talking about how there's people around you that want to help you more than you think throughout your career and your personal life. So I think there's gonna be a lot of tie-ins. So, but if you do want to buy coffee, the coffee's legit. It's literally right there. Use the code GC2 for a few bucks off and I'll see you in at that conference. Oh, look who it is. James is here. It's good to see you, James. Taylor lied. He's never done. No, I'm never done. <laughs> All right, cool. Reggie, let's give the people what they want. Quick intro. Who are you? Uh, what do you do? What have you done? And then we'll go from there. I am Reggie Ford. Uh, I think you can see act author, ad, uh, advisor, advocate, activist. And those things are something that has, has 
kind of happened over the course of my life as I've gotten so passionate about different things, but I am a normal guy. I am, I am a dude who's trying to figure it out like everybody else, but I think I've, I've, I've had some, some great, great things that happen and I've had some terrible things that happen. And I like to highlight both because I think that highlights the human experience. Yeah. And, um, but I am an, on the author side, I wrote a book, Perseverance Through Severe Dysfunction. Low key, just, just wrote a book. Low key. Yeah, just wrote that, wrote that one day and uh, became a bestseller. It's about, it's a memoir about my life centered around mental health and social justice. And mm. it's really the most vulnerable expression to date that I've had to the world where I put out so much of my soul and it's allowed me to connect with people on such a deep level because yeah. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about the things that we don't show on LinkedIn on our resumes and things like that, but right. impact nearly, well, I think impact all of us because we all have a brain in our head. Um, the, the advisor piece, I started a company called Rose Creek Wealth Management back in 2018 uh, working with uh, initially professional athletes on managing their money, managing their assets, and then his mm -hmm. transition post-COVID toward uh, working with a lot of different folks um, from different backgrounds, different professions. And it's super rewarding because I grew up in a, a place where wealth wasn't talked about, where we didn't have much money at all. And so to be in the position that I'm in to help other people with their financial decisions, with their financial lives is just huge for me. And yeah. then a huge mental health advocate. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, plenty today. Yeah. And and then from the activist standpoint, um, it is, I, I believe that everything should be for everybody and that um, shout out to everyone who is celebrating Pride Month. Um, you got yeah. an ally right here. You got men's health. You got um, so many people that um, need, need allies and support. And I think that the world should be a place where we all feel loved and, and, and included. So that's what I, that, that's a little quick summary of who I am. I love that. So, so let's, uh, we had a few more people tuning in this morning. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Alex, I definitely need the bean juice this morning. Um, let's see here. Uh, James drinking that coffee as well. It's a good one. Check <laughs> it out. Uh, Eric, it's good to see you. Will, it's good to see you. Typeway, thank you so much for the kind words. Taya, it's good to see you as well. Chris, back at you, brother. All right, so so Reggie, I want to dive in a little deeper, right? Tell me your story, right? Let's tell the people your story. You know, I, I think um, I think you have an amazing story, right? And, and I think I think you can teach people more with your story than actually lecturing at them. So if you want to take it back, man, and 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 kind of dive into that, and then we can ask some questions afterwards. Absolutely, and I'll try to. Um, I don't know, give you enough detail without skimming over all the good stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Nashville native. Uh, shout out to anybody who's in Nashville. You don't need to be uh, put in a museum. There's like three of y'all here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I grew up, growing up was, was, I mean, seeing where I am today versus where I grew up, you, you almost wouldn't believe it. But my mom, she was 14 years old when she had me. And um, that came with a lot of struggles. That came with a lot of uh, financial struggles, a lot of social issues, a lot of mental and emotional things that uh, got normalized over the years. And so mm -hmm. it was it was me, her, it was uh, a lot of other family members, because I think it takes a village to keep that 14 year old surviving, let alone the baby that came out of her. Seriously. And uh, so, yeah, we we had we had a lot of family around most of my families here in Nashville. But growing up, I I just was really good at academics. I think that was something that separated me early on was I could see a concept, pick it up and run with it. And so when I got into school, that separated me early on from 
different people in my class from different people in the neighborhood and add the component of athletics because I just naturally gifted when it came to anything that I touched in, in terms of sports um, that really helped set me aside until a point where uh, I got into a private school right. for high school, which I've been multiple places across the world, but making that transition from seventh grade to eighth grade, going from a school in the hood where 99% of everybody was black and coming from a situation like me to a school where at the, at the time I was the only person black, uh, identifying as black in my class in the eighth grade, um, not in the same socioeconomic status as most people. It was the biggest culture shock in my life. Yeah. And I it still imagine. is to this day. And I can't even, I can't even think how I was able to uh, endure all of that because it was so much pressure on me to perform, to, um, to do so in a way that didn't compromise anything that I was standing for and the people that I was representing while I was there. Hmm. And so I did, I, I, but I, but I did it and I, I, I enjoyed some parts of it. I am scarred by many parts of it as well yep. as you can imagine. And uh, but but it helped it helped change the I think that was one of the pivotal moments in my life where it changed the narrative of this is what I've known and what everybody else has done in my family mm -hmm. versus this is what is out there and uh, yeah. available. Um, and I, I didn't mention my dad, but my dad, he he was in and out of my life as a child. And uh, when I was eight, ended up in prison and for a number of things, but pr primarily selling drugs. And so that was kind of, you know, I knew folks who sold drugs. I knew folks who were in gangs. I knew folks that, that lived that lifestyle. And that was kind of the, that, those were the successful people in the neighborhood. And yeah. I just, I remember early on feeling that emptiness of not having him there and thinking I never wanted to do that to a family. I never mm -hmm. wanted to cause that same pain. And so even though it was nice when the, the drug dealers, the doughboys came up with the nice cars and the nice stuff, I wanted to get it a, a, a better way. And so that's where like just education was always the key for me. Yeah. I, um, when I graduated from high school, I had a bunch of different opportunities, but decided that I wanted to stay home in Nashville and go to Vanderbilt university. Shout out to Vanderbilt. I was there, uh, this weekend speaking to the football team and, um, my, my, uh, well, the first day of orientation, for dining hall jobs is where I met James Quick. Shout out to Quick, James Q. Quick. Um, he 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 was sitting there with a group of folks from Memphis, and I was I I didn't know anybody at, at the orientation, and so I saw them hanging out, and I was just like, yeah, let me go and talk to this this group, and then just talk to him in particular because his head was so big. Like, have you seen James's head? Like, dude. <laughs> The biggest hit in the world. And I'm like, he's got knowledge. He's got some he's knowledge. He's got knowledge. <laughs> he's got man. some wisdom that I need to glean from. Like, oh dude. man. And like, so, but no, I just kid with him, but he does have a big head. But um, <laughs> no, nah, we 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 instantly connected. And like I'm so I'm so grateful for for that friendship because literally from day one till today, yeah. we have been nothing but closest brothers. And so uh, but getting into Vandy, study economics corporate strategy, a lot of business stuff, because I thought that, you know, I wanted to, I was very entrepreneurial, wanted to start yeah, a business yeah. doing something. And um, that was the the closest thing to a business major that Vandy had at the time. And then graduate, uh, walked on, played some football with yeah. 
uh, at Vandy, Bobby Johnson, James Franklin days. Um, won some games, lost some games, and it, it was fun though. It was a great experience. Got to meet some of my best friends to this day, and um, really just some memories that can't be replaced. Yeah. Um, graduating from there, went to uh, got a business degree from the business school at Vandy, um, and then started working in accounting, which yeah. then later turned into finance because I thought finance was a little more exciting than accounting, and uh, started Rose Creed in twenty. 18 almost yeah. five years ago uh and yeah um fast forward 2021 is when i released the book so um we can talk about what led up to that but um it was it was 2019 was kind of the real real climax of it all okay. where so much was happening with my my family particularly my grandmother who was my rock through yeah. all the chaos throughout my life and um, and also you mom, dad, all the same same characters kept showing up. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it was it was a point where I had had success. I had shown that I was capable of getting through hard stuff. But at that moment, I was in a place darker than any place I'd ever been in my life. And the world didn't know that the world never saw that side of me. They only saw the the well put together, you know, the perfectionist of me. And it just felt fake. I felt like my imposter syndrome wasn't showing up and thinking I didn't belong in the job or whatever it was. My imposter syndrome was like, I'm literally faking every day I wake up because I am dying inside. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be my authentic. I've always been authentic to who I am, but I just wanted that piece of me to show as well, because I know that other people deal with it. And it's something that should be normalized so that, you know, I think through vulnerability is where we heal. And I, I just, that's, that's been such a huge part of my life in the last several years since releasing the book. Oh man, there's so many ways. There's, there's so many, um, talk, let's talk about the book real quick, right? What, what, what's it about? Um, you know, uh, if you could summarize it in, you know, 30 seconds or less. So perseverance through severe dysfunction available wherever you get your books, PTSD is the acronym. And so having PTSD, which later found out through just more healing and more knowledge, uh, have complex trauma, which is CPTSD. Um, looking at that and thinking, damn, this could really um, define me in a way, mm. right? But I, I've not ever been defined by my adversity, by my yeah. challenges, by anything in the past. And so how do you reframe that in a way that is more empowering? And so changing that acronym from uh, post-traumatic stress disorder to perseverance through severe dysfunction and and that. saying you know i i i have the agency in this story uh but acknowledging all the things that led to the, the actual ptsd and everything else um and looking back over my my life story but um incorporating historical context that kind of shaped the way that things were playing out because I think a lot of times when you when you face trauma, you think that you're the only person that has dealt with life that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. And I think being able to see, you know, charts and stats about other people who had had some of the things that were such an anomaly for me in, in, in the world that I was in, uh, it just it, it really helped me in my healing process. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, I, I want to ask, right? So obviously, you know, we're already halfway through. We're, we're probably going to go over a little over today, folks. Uh, just deal with it. But, um, uh, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, 
other people's stories, right? And, and I think there's a lot of looking over people's shoulders right now, right? Well, Reggie's doing this. Well, Taylor's mm -hmm. doing that. Well, James yeah. is doing this, right? I, I can't get there, right? And and what, what what would you tell those folks? Because again, right, you had to go from zero to one. You were born in a situation that was not ideal. You had to be like, you know what? There's got to be a change. I want to go somewhere else, right? Yep. And, and and for me, never went to counseling. In 2018, I hit rock bottom. Finally got into counseling. There are days, and again, I never dealt with depression until 2018. And and for those of you who deal with it consistently, my heart goes out to you because it was brutal, right? You never think mm -hmm. you're gonna get happy again, and you kind of feel like the world's falling apart. It's brutal. But I took the steps and I got out of it. What can yeah. you tell people who maybe in the comparison game, right? Well, I'm never going to yeah. write a book like Reggie, or I'm, not, you know, what I'm saying. So, can you can, can yeah. you talk about that? First, say that that comparison is the thief of all joy. Like I, there have been times in my life, even even recently, where I've compared the things that I've done, which uh, you see it, and it's like, wow, that's, that's a huge and major accomplishment. But then I'm looking at well, Brene Brown sold this many books. Well, Inky Johnson's on this many stages. Well, and it's just like, that's that's not my journey. That's a whole another mm -hmm. person's journey. And so I always say, like, we came in this world alone. We're going to go out alone. And, and the whole in-between is about finding what makes us happy and fulfilled. And you have to put on the blinders when looking at when, when other people are doing what they're doing. Because there are so many factors in that, like, I can I can sit up here and say that it was all my hard work that got to this point, but I had a lot of luck. I had a lot of opportunities that were presented. I had a lot of things that other people just didn't get to to experience. Right. And so you got to realize that um, not everyone has the the backstory and the stuff that 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 you have. And it's all about making making that one degree shift for yourself every day, making getting one percent better for yourself every day. And I think it just comes down to habit. Like really, mm. first, first is desire. I think desire gets overlooked. You have to want something. You have to want to get a little bit better. So having the desire, but then having the consistency, you know, for, for like, I got a board on the wall and like Mondays, I write one blog post. And mm. it doesn't seem like a lot. Like when you write one blog post, then it's like, okay, I got something out there. But at the end of the year, you got 52 blog posts. If you go out and say, man, I need to make 52 blog posts, you're going to be discouraged. But if you break it Love down that. over the Love years that. or over the time, then it, it gets a little bit easier. It's like eating an yep. elephant one bite at a time. Don't right. eat elephants, though. Please don't eat an elephant. <laughs> I, just, but, um, I never got that. I never got that. <laughs> yeah. But, but like I, I talk about, especially from writing from a writing perspective and writing a book, um, a page a day is 365 pages at the end of the year. It's a huge book. That's a massive. I, I Yeah, I, I wouldn't book. read that book. It's too right? long. <laughs> exactly. And so. It, it, but but writing a page a day is very feasible. So it's about yeah. breaking down to having a goal. You have to have this goal that's out there, but then coming all the way back, working your way back. How do you break that down into incremental steps? Because that's the only way to not get discouraged and you build that portfolio or repertoire over time. Yeah. A dev comes in here. Talk about desire and ambition. What are your thoughts on that? Is there a difference? Are the same? No wrong answers here on this. Yeah. Monday. So for me, Ambition is one of my my core values. So I I look at that as as different than desire. I think desire is, is a, a want for something, right? And 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 you can have a burning desire, you can have a, a less fiery desire, but ambition to me is wanting better, right? You can you can desire a piece of cake, but like I desire I, I my ambition is like I want to go from this level to that level, 
And whatever I have to do in between there is what I'm going to do. And, and so I, 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 ambition is something that if I didn't have it, I, I think I would get to a place where um, I would get very complacent yeah. and, and sit back and like, I'm, I'm, I think one of the, how old am I was up there, but 32 years old. And I, I could kick my feet up and be like, man, I did some great things and mm-hmm. let me coast off into the sunset. But right. That I, I feel like there's so much potential that's wasted when ambition isn't there, and yeah. so I, I, I got anybody keep can have desire. I think the ambition's execution on the desire. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I just made up. I don't don't ask me to do that again. <laughs> um, so, let's talk about this, right? You know, again, kind of going back to the vulnerability, mental health side of things. I mean, you, I mean, you grew up in 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 a setting that probably wasn't very open to emotions. And to, and to, you know, being vulnerable, when did that click for you? Right. Because I'm always interested in people's OG story because was mm-hmm. it a moment? Was it an event? Was it just gradual? Um, because, because I, f- I feel like a lot of people want to be vulnerable. I feel like people want to be transparent, but they're scared, which again, I totally get. Right. Right. For me, it's crazy. So I was, I was last night just listening to some old songs. If y'all didn't know, James Q. Quick is a rapper. He's dope. It's we've the written craziest some songs together. Thing ever. Like, yeah, we've written some songs together, and then, uh, but I was listening to some of my old songs, and it's, it's wild that so many of the big moments of my life I have basically codified into a song, and um, I think one of the earlier ones. Um, I had a friend who 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 got murdered when I was 14. He was 15 years old. And I had a cousin who got murdered when I was 17. And I, I put like these these heavy, heavy bars into a song. And that was like, that was my my vulnerable expression at the time. I didn't really share it with many people. It was a, sure. a small group of people that I trust, which is totally fine. When, yeah, when you talk yeah. about vulnerability, you don't have to be on no. podcast. You don't have to write a book about it. But having at least one person, two people that you trust, that you can go to and let it out from inside is huge but i think when it came when it when it really clicked from for a from a um i'm not afraid i'm not ashamed of telling mm-hmm. the world about things cuz mm-hmm. that was what held it back for a lot of times yeah. just the, the shame around it all um was uh it was more recent than i than i than i think um it was talking about the book talking about the process of the book with other people is when the shame got to a, when it released to a public, where I got to a public level. Um, but before that, I think talking with folks like James, talking with my best friend D here in town and uh, my wife who she, she, I was looking back at a text message that she sent me in 2012. And I don't really know what was going on, going on at the time, but she wrote the, these words and it stuck with me forever. And she said, I wish I could absorb all of your pain. And that was like the sweetest most caring thing anybody has ever said to me. I never felt that before. And I thought she would have never known to say that or had that feeling to, uh, if I never shared anything. Yeah. And so I think stories and, and, and sharing it allows people who are out there that want to help to help. It's a fear that people will use your vulnerability against you. But I think when you start to surround yourself and attract good people, then you can combat that. Yeah. Talk, talk about circle of influence here for a second. Right. I mean, again, I, I think I'm really big on surrounding yourself with people that encourage and uplift you. I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about my community with guidance counselor 2.0, right? The whole, you're not alone thing. Like I don't want people to be alone in their job search. I don't want mm-hmm. people to be alone in their careers. It's kind of been the driver, hence the keynote for July. 
<clears throat> talk about your circle of influence, man. I'm sure you've had to shed some friends. And I'm sure it's been tough. Yes. Friends, family, mm. a lot of people. So uh, actually, I talk about when I first got my dog, shout out to Rosie, um, when she was itty bitty, got her at six weeks. And so when she was itty bitty, she didn't shed. She's a Rottweiler. And I thought, OK, she's not going to shed. That's great. But around six months, there's hair everywhere. And I have a it, corgi, man. <laughs> so much hair everywhere. My house. Everywhere. And and what that signified to me was that, you know, in any phase of growth, in any time you're growing, you're going to have to shed. You're going to have to shed some unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy mm -hmm. people in your life, unhealthy thought patterns. And that's just a part of growth. That's a natural part of growth. And so over the years, like the people, like I, I, a lot of my songs talk about this because it, I think that is at the root core of a lot of my trauma is the, the day one people in my life are no longer there today. And uh, so like, I don't have a relationship with my mom. I don't have a relationship with my dad today. And though that hurts, it hurts every day. It hurts every time I say that, honestly, mm -hmm. um, because I love them. And I, I wish that we could reconcile and heal that. But in order to protect myself and my peace and and keep my sanity, I had to create boundaries and boundaries tough. are just healthy, tough. healthy, but tough. Yes. So family's tough. tough. I'd say family's so the hardest. Tough. The thing is, because when you when you create a boundary with somebody, it's somebody that you love. Like you don't have to create a boundary with a stranger across the street. <laughs> yeah. Like I just walk past. Them, Reggie, right? We got to put up boundaries today, man. <laughs> we got to put you and I got to put up boundaries today. So like if you're having to put up boundaries, it's somebody that you care about. And yeah. so uh, but yeah, I've had to do that. And it's it's definitely the, the benefits from that have been have outweighed the cost. But mm. I mean, when you think about like I'm young, my parents are young when they had me. So like there's a lot of life lived without those people in my life. And um, but but friends as well, I I. I'm again, ambition is one of my my values. And I think I come back to my values because I think if if the way that I'm operating in life or the people Dude, that I have those listed around, out, you can share real quick. So they spell out pale, kind of like a bucket. So P-A-I-L. So okay. P, P is P, peace. So first and foremost mm -hmm. is peace. I got to have peace in my life. Everything that that I do, no drama, like it's going to be peaceful. Um, A is the ambition. I is inclusion of all. And then the L is love, love for others, love for myself. And the love for myself is something that I'm learning that I needed to, to dive into a lot, you know, not even to be judgmental, but I needed to dive into it earlier and sooner. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning now that uh, a lot of the things that pushed me and drove me were out of insecurity and ego and um, trying to keep that same drive while also loving myself and not be so insecure yeah. uh, has been huge for me. So yes, those are mine, and and you don't have to have an acronym or anything like that. But like that's just how I do things. You can and, tell Reggie, uh, you, you can tell Reggie's on the speaker circle with all of his acronyms. I love it. <laughs> that's that's how I got through school. That's how I write songs. That's how I do everything. I like that. it just helps. But um, what were we talking about? Um, we're talking about setting up boundaries. Setting up boundaries. Yeah, setting boundaries, and and so like, but there are some people that are still around, right? So me and James are been friends for nearly fifteen years now. Right. Awesome. I have my other best friend. We've been friends for shoot, almost 20 years now. And that's crazy to think. Um, and, and, and I have a really core group of friends uh, from my NBA days. We were we were the, the black students from the hood. Like we were we were we were click tight. And yeah. um, there's one white dude in there. Uh, he was from the hood, too, though. So so he's, he's family. But um, 
it was yeah, finding community with people that you share similarities with. I think mm. um, that's that's always you know a part of it all. But um, when things don't align with your values, that's when you start to see the the shedding, the the people falling off and dropping out. And it's not to say that you don't love or care, but it's just you know you you got to look out after yourself. Yeah. So let's, so Paul, speaking about community, I'm glad you brought that up. So Paul goes, any tips for creating community in a remote world? I'm finding difficult at times. You know, you talk about community, you know, and, and, and you do a lot of speaking and, and <clears throat> you're kind of out and about, you know, do, do you have folks in your community that aren't in, aren't in Nashville? And if so, how, like, how do y'all keep up or what's your advice there? It's tough. It's really tough. I'll, and I'm gonna I'm give a shout out to to your community and, and the the folks that I've met at Render, uh, the first tech conference I've ever been at, and I heard so many times I finally got to meet so and so. I finally got to meet this person I'm following on Twitter, and I think it has to be an investment in in those platforms, like a true investment, like really intentional on connecting with folks, and then taking it offline to where it's a one on one conversation. I am not a person. I'm so much better on with in one on one than I am in groups. Same. Um, and Render so was a lot for me, it's, it's <laughs> tough, right? And, and, and if you're an introvert, like, and I, I think I'm an introvert at my core, people may not believe that, but I'm an introvert at my core. And so, uh, being in a big group of people and trying to show the personality and show up and do all that, James is probably like, he's lying. But, uh, I mean, that's a facade sometimes like I, it, it's yeah. exhausting for me. Yeah. So being intentional on those, on those platforms where you can connect with people virtually, but then bringing it offline and saying, Hey, can we can we do a, a 30 minute Zoom or 30 minute whatever call and uh, and just really connect and get get past the, the superficial stuff? I think the hard part with community building is that so many people get stuck in, in superficial for too long. And that just like becomes like, OK, what's the surface level stuff? But get down to the root of it. And maybe it's like having questions like, let me let me grab. So like I have questions I have cards all over my house and so if people come to eat dinner they're gonna get a, a question asked of them but like just uh you know if someone asked you uh why you do what you do how would you answer that um just like different kind of questions to to really get past the superficial i think is a great way to really build community and figure out who your people are yeah i love that and 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 so, and so do you agree that like social media is, is how you build the connections? Cause I'm trying to get that across to people. And so I just want to want to um, ask in a remote world. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think there are too many other opportunities. I'm yeah. very like, I I'm, I'm introvert, but I can go up to a random person in the grocery store. And, and I think first things first, like make a comp compliment them. Right. I like the way that you walk. I don't know. Something silly. But yeah. um, compliment them because then it guards drop and then you can have like, OK, just have a conversation with people. So I'm really good at just breaking the ice that way um, in person. Um, but if if you don't have the opportunity, I would say find somebody that's talking about something. And instead of just dropping emojis or one word like talk, like what would you yeah. say to that person if yeah. they if they posted what they or if they said what they posted and you had a response to that what would you say put that in the comment and or in a dm and really connect with somebody that way yep yep i love that um so i, I do want to ask as we wrap up here man um any anything else that we haven't covered uh that that you want to get out or get off your chest right now absolutely um 
There's James Quick has a really big head. If I didn't say that earlier, I just wanted you to know. That. <laughs> oh I man! Title this episode is James <laughs> Big Head, and I love it because I got a big ass head too, and I get picked on all times. James, you're not gonna start that big head club. Big head club, okay? But uh, but no, but on a serious tip, um, I think so. One thing that I've always asked people is how they define success. So I'm gonna I'm pose that question to you, Taylor. How do you define success? Oh, to me? I'm posing it to you, yes. Oh, damn. I, I, we, we, I, I, I got it flipped. How do I find <laughs> success? You know, I, I think I've, I've struggled with this, right? <clears throat> you know, I, I work in an organization right now where you are judged every week and it's public. Um, you know, you're, you're a sales organization. You're, you're, your GM that you bring in is posted every single week in front of the entire company, right? So mm-hmm. for me, I have had to, I was so tied to my identity with what's on the scorecard and for years, right. And my mental health was, was not good because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I made a shift where it's like, you know what, there is something bigger out there for me than just what's on the scorecard. I want to truly like, my goal is every tech person in the entire country to know who I am. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be reflective all the time on the, on, on our scorecard. And so for me, what does success look like for me? It's, it's investing in people and helping people on an individual level and to not be concerned with accolades and numbers and money. Now, love that. I have battled with that, right? I'm not saying like I made that decision and it's all good. Right. You know, we talk, my wife and I talk about the comparison game all the time and the people who love me, they don't care that I don't drive the nicest car. They don't care that. I'm wearing the latest designer brand, even though I do want the new off-white re- reverse swooshes <laughs> that just came out. They look great. But all that being said, like, like people, the, the people in your, in your community, in your life that truly love you don't care about what you have or what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's just kind of been this refocus and reshifting within my heart over the last year or two to be focused on, on the, the individuals instead of the money. I love that. That's beautiful. I yeah. love that so much. Uh, there is so I when I think of what I want to leave with folks is is your definition of success mm-hmm. and realizing that there is this level of wellness and well being that I feel should be in everybody's definition of success, so that you don't feel that you're sacrificing your mental health, your uh, happiness, your joy in order to achieve success. It's a part of it. They're one in the same. And so as you climb, as you grow, as you connect with more people, as you sell more books, as you get the better job, whatever it is that the priority with mental health and well-being is also there as well. And I heard this quote that was, it was some of the best advice that I think I've ever gotten. And it's very short and very sweet, but uh, it says, live for your eulogy, not for your resume. And well, you, you know what Gary Vaynerchuk, our friend Gary Vaynerchuk says, is I, I don't care about how much money is in my bank account. I care about how many people show up at my funeral. That's it, right? And Man. what they say, because they yep. could be showing up throwing tomatoes at you. Like, what are they saying about you, right? Yep. And I think that is that is what that shift in mindset of thinking like I got to achieve, achieve, achieve uh, and shifting to. Let me connect. Let me be happy. Let me let me make the world a better place for myself yeah. and for others um, is is really at the root of how I would define success. So I say prioritize your mental health in everything that you do. And if you do that, I think success will come. I love that. Last question. 
Last question. We'll wrap it up here. So this show is called Guidance Counselor 2.0 for reason. reason. <laughs> we have guidance counselors in middle school, high school, kind of college. Um, but as adults, we don't really have guidance counselors. Like we have counseling and therapists, which I'm a big fan of, but like truly just guidance counselors. What would be your biggest career advice to your younger self? Career advice? Yeah. Um, be an advocate for myself. I think early on, I, you know, I was the first person to do so many different things. And so it was a matter of just accepting everything that was coming. So you graduate and then these things, these offers come. But I, I never really advocated for myself. I didn't push for, yeah. for the promotions. I didn't push for the opportunities that I really wanted. And I think if I could go back and really be that advocate for myself, it would have changed the, you know, the, my career a little bit and uh, really helped. Instead, what I did, I was like, I can't advocate for myself. So let me just go start my own thing, which yeah. is great in itself. But sure. I think there is, there is a time and not everybody wants to do that. And so be an advocate for yourself, speak up, speak often and, and know your worth. I love that. I love that. Well, y'all, thank you again for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. Reggie, where, where can people find you? Where's, where, where's the best way to reach you? Yes. Uh, if you want to uh, message me, reggiedford.com, reggiedford. And then all of my social media handles, I'm probably most active on Instagram, is reggied, at reggiedford on all social media. I love it. Awesome. Well, Reggie, stay on real quick. Seconds about you off air. But y'all, thank you again for hanging out with us today on Guidance Country 2.0. Please connect with Reggie. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. If you enjoyed this conversation, please reshare it. Um, it was obviously very different. Um, and, and, and if, if maybe, you know, somebody who's struggling with some mental health or, or feel, feels alone, please share this episode on your LinkedIn so people can see it. Um, tomorrow I have my guy, Todd Libby on the show. Todd, um, is passionate about accessibility, but we're also going to talk about the job search. We're back to job search stuff tomorrow. Um, uh, but hopefully y'all enjoy the, the break of job search stuff today. Reggie, thank you, my friends. Um, it was thank awesome you. hanging with you this morning. Um, I appreciate and, uh, it. y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode and I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again you need to reach out to me at tdeston on all social media handles and i hope you have a fantastic day